Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business, and we got a great show as usual. It's March Madness. It's another great uh, NCAA tournament, or is it really great? Because I watched, or I try to watch some of the Sweet 16 um, games over the weekend, and what was that? Six out of the eight games were blowouts, so I don't know about y'all, but you know, there's I don't know, but sometimes there's a movie that that'll come on. I don't know what y'all movie is that'll come on, and no matter what what the movie, what where in the movie it is, you still tend to watch it. Mine's a Shaft, and I think that's the one with uh, Samuel Jackson, uh, Richard Roundtree, and the cat that played uh, in the new Independence Day. <clears throat> so that came on, and I turned off a lot of the March Madness games because they were pretty bad. Um, you had the uh, UCLA uh, Alabama game uh, that that was uh, pretty 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 good um well i don't know if it was pretty good or is it just bad basketball but um yeah you know march madness it's here um i felt like the first week of games were really really good and the sweet 16 games have been kind of not really the best uh games really with it being just so much of a huge disparity um with that being said university of houston has already punched their ticket into the final four so congratulations to them um currently baylor is up 11 points against arkansas so in the second half so uh, at the rate baylor's going uh, it looks like they may be going into the final four as well so more to follow on that but yeah man um <clears throat> i don't know what's going on with march madness I, I i feel like the games were a lot of them were just chalk and you know, it, it's, it's just the nature of the beast. I think this these last two years, I don't even think if there was a March Madness last year, um, was was there, you know, was there that number one player or a player to watch out for? And I think the last player that we all could think of that, that kind of had the nation by, by storm was, um, was Zion Williamson. Uh, he plays for the New Orleans Pelicans now. So um, I, I don't know who else, you know, who's a player to watch out for right now in college basketball. I feel like, all the 22 and under players, the best 22 and under players are all in the NBA at this point. I can't, I don't think there's one kid that's under the age of 22 that is in college basketball that, that needs to be looked out for. So, um, yeah, March Madness, it was, it was a somewhat of a stinker this weekend, but Hey, you know, if I like it, you love it, but Shaft came on and that's my movie. So I I always will, will, I'll watch Shaft over March Madness at this point this season. So, um, you know, that took place and, we had uh, an unusual, something that I didn't even really know that was going to happen. Um, I knew LaMarcus Aldridge, who was playing for the San Antonio Spurs, his contract about, got bought out. And I felt like, you know, after his buyout was going to happen, the the going notion was that he was more than likely going to sign with the Miami Heat. Um, all roads lead to that with the Miami Heat picking up Victor Oladipo um, and still being able to keep Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson as well as... Um, uh, and Jimmy Butler. So for them to be able to get LaMarcus, the, the, the roads of LaMarcus Aldridge going to the Miami Heat so that the Heat could possibly try to run it back and represent the uh, Eastern Conference uh, for the NBA Finals looked very, very promising. Saturday comes rolling around and I get an alert saying that LaMarcus Aldridge signs with the Brooklyn Nets. And I was just like, 
first first initial thoughts for me were, man, how many spots, how many roster spots did the Nets have where they could just pick up all of these players? Um, they were able to get uh, Blake Griffin from the uh, Detroit Pistons on a on a contract buyout as well, um, and now they picked up Lamarcus Aldridge. So I was just like, man, how many roster spots did they have open? I knew they gave up a lot to get James Harden. By the way, side note, how bad does Houston look by giving up practically everything? To get rid of James Harden, they have literally nothing to show for. Um, they had some draft picks that they got, um, and they also got Victor Oladipo, who came in that three-week three-team trade that included the Indiana Pacers. And now the Houston Rockets have traded him away to the Miami Heat. Like they have absolutely nothing to show for off of that James Harden trade, outside of the fact that they lost 20 games at one point this season. So I don't know what's going on in Houston, but at that day, if you're looking at the trade. And what they they had to show for, they were probably better off getting Cassius Levert um, and getting him as opposed to getting Victor Oladipo. Because at this point, Houston has absolutely nothing that they got out of that deal. And it doesn't look like they're getting anything in the long in the long run as well. So um, just had a tidbit off of that. But yeah, with the Nets getting LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, it, it's going to be hard for anybody in the East to kind of keep up with them. Um, and we're talking about them not even having a healthy Kevin Durant, who looks like he won't even be returning this week. Um, sources say that he's actually started playing four-on-four basketball, which basically means that he's practically a week or two away from probably playing five-on-five and getting some games in. But before he even got hurt, Kevin Durant was out here, I think, top five in scoring. Um, and he looked like he hadn't he hadn't missed a beat this whole entire time that he had been down and out for almost the last year and a half with that torn Achilles. So um, I don't know how serious this calf injury or this hamstring injury is. It seems like it's been pretty serious for the fact that he's been out for almost a month. Um, but, you know, they got Kevin Durant, who's probably a top three player in the NBA on any given day. I still have him up there with LeBron James. I still have him up there with Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, and, you know, at this rate, the way James Harden is playing, you know, he can possibly be a front runner for the MVP. So, you know, you have all of these missing these pieces that have been missing this whole entire year. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what the Brooklyn Nets do these last few months, month and a half or so. Um, or if they're going to try to use it to try to figure out what their rotations are going to be looking like, um, who's going to be closing out games, because you have, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a combined 41 total all-star appearances with between Blake Griffin, uh, Andre, uh, I'm sorry, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. You have about 41 NBA NBA all-star game appearances. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what we what they have. I mean, lowest of low keys. I even forgot LaMarcus Aldridge was in the NBA. Like, I don't, I haven't been following him the last couple of years. Um, and I don't know if that's just because the Spurs haven't really been a championship contending team. Um, being the fact that they have been so consistent over the last 25 years or so, that may play a little bit of a, a little bit of a factor to that. But also, we just don't know what type of LaMarcus Aldridge you're going to get. Are you going to still going to get that guy who can hit that 15 to 18 foot jumper, get you a couple of rebounds and just give you good solid minutes coming off the bench? possibly but then also you have Blake Griffin and him that practically play the same position at, at the four stretch five so I don't know how you know what who how they're going to do it being the fact that DeAndre Jordan's probably still going to be their starting center um it's just going to be really really what what type of LaMarcus Aldridge are you going to get it looks like Blake Griffin you know he's out here dunking for the first time in almost two years so you have that so I don't know if a change of scenery is going to put some Light, light a fire under Mar- LaMarcus Aldridge, but it, it's more to follow on that. But I just found it to be um, 
a very, very interesting destination for him. Um, I get it. I understand it. But also, it was just very uh, out of the blue. Um, I think a lot of people didn't see him going to the Brooklyn Nets out of all teams. Um, I know I didn't expect that. Um, I was very, very shocked to see that. So um, that happened. And then also uh, yesterday, Sunday, the Lakers were able to get the buyout from Andre Drummond. He ended up signing with them, um, which is needed because I felt like out of all the teams last week during the trade deadline, for them not to make a move was somewhat of a head scratcher, being the fact that LeBron James has been, we don't know when LeBron James is coming back. We really don't know when Andre, um, when Anthony Davis is also coming back with his calf injury. And, you know, last time we saw a, a major superstar who had a calf injury and, you know, those, those injuries are tricky. Think about one Kevin Durant. He had a calf injury. They somewhat may have rushed him back a little bit too soon that 2018 season with the Golden State Warriors. Um, 2018-2019 season where, you know, he blew out his Achilles uh, game four of the NBA Finals. Um, so, you know, you just don't know what you're really going to necessarily get when AD comes back. So you get Andre Drummond, who's a, a, a certified big man um, who plays the traditional five. But, you know, one thing about Andre Drummond, he can lay a, he can lay a nice screen for you and he will lay some people out just laying the screen. But you do get a big who can kind of clog up the middle, who can who, who can be a rim protector, someone who you're going to have to probably going to have against a, 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 a Jokic for the Denver Nuggets, also a um, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. So you're going to need a, a big five, um, a big strong center. Um, what Andre Jarman can do on the defensive side of the, the, the ball is going to be somewhat of a head scratcher where they're going to be a lot of switching going on, where they're going to try to bring them all the way out to have them guard three point shooters that's going to be a tough thing for him to kind of um, get acclimated to. Um, but it's a, it's, you know, it's something for the Lakers. It's something for them to kind of give them some form of help, help I should say, um, with their two superstars, you know, being out of formation for their, for their foreseeable future. So you don't know what you're going to get, but I think Andre Drummond brings them at least somewhat of a rim protecting type of center um, who's going to be able to gobble up some boards, you know, get a couple of block shots possibly during a game and possibly kind of get you a couple of lobs out of, outside of that. But um, that's about all he's going to give. I don't think he's going to be a game changer. Um, I know he's, a, uh, I think, a two-time NBA All-Star. Um, but I don't I don't know if the way today's game is set up and the way that the, the, the court is so stretched out these days, you just don't know um, what type of true, what type of a true five um, can give you in 2021 basketball. Um, so we'll see. Um, does that make the Lakers the team to beat? It, uh, to the team to beat in the West? Can they run it back in the NBA Finals and go back to back this year? More to follow. Um, I think the the Denver Nuggets are better with Aaron Gordon. I feel like the Blazers, they can if they can figure it out, they're going to be good. Um, the Clippers are also out there. You still also have the Utah Jazz that can possibly make some noise, which, I mean, I don't think they will. But, you know, until you see them lose in a, in a seven-game series, which can happen anywhere between the first round and the, the second round, because I don't think they're going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. So, um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think the Andre Drummond signing is it was expected, but you know, also at the same time, I don't know if that's going to be enough for them to get them to the NBA Finals. And even if they get to the NBA Finals, is that enough to be able to beat where we all think at this point the Brooklyn Nets coming out of the East? So it'll be interesting. We'll see. Um, but that's basically what I have for the NBA right now. 
Um, I also wanted to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they traded away the farm last week. Uh, literally the farm, the, the 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 animals that came on the farm, the building that's on the farm, uh, all of the land. They, they Anything that was associated with their land, they gave it away last week. Um, I think they gave away, I believe, three first-round draft picks just to get... Um, the, to move up from the 12th pick overall to the third pick um, is what the 49ers did to get to, to the Miami Dolphins. So the Miami Dolphins, if I'm not mistaken, have three first round draft picks this uh, this upcoming NFL draft. Then they also have, they're gonna also going to have two first rounders for the next two years after that, after this year. So what does that entail, ladies and gentlemen? And it tells me that says that um, porn star Jimmy G. Um, OnlyFans Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, is not the long-term answer for the San Francisco 49ers at the position of quarterback. I think that the 49ers are possibly going to be getting, uh, it looks like they, they're high on Mac Jones from the University of Alabama. I personally think that Justin Fields is probably the more safer pick, just based off the fact that Justin Fields has a, a, a cannon for an arm. He has he can move around. He can he's a he's a he's a dual threat quarterback. As opposed to Mac Jones, he's still more of your trip your traditional pocket passer. Your traditional pocket passers these days in this type of NFL league and NFL game, they're they're, di- they're dinosaurs. Um, I don't care. I can't outside of Tom Brady right now. I can't think of another traditional pocket passer. What does this mean for the 49ers? That means the 49ers they can't just make it to the NFC Championship game. They can't just go to the Super Bowl and lose. They better win. The, the, the Super Bowl coming uh, within the next four years of that whoever quarterback they end up drafting within that first contract, they better win the Super Bowl because if not, this trade is going to go down on them. And that's another thing about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan is an is a interesting character. You know, everyone says Kyle Shanahan is this quarterback whisperer, this quarterback guru. This is the same dude that passed up on Pat Mahomes. Um, you know, he passed up on Pat Mahomes. Um, he's also passed up, I believe, on Justin Herbert. Um, from the from the LA Chargers, but um, he passed up on Pat Mahomes, who's possibly going to go down as, you know, one of the all-time great quarterbacks that this game has ever seen. So I'm starting to scratch my head on what Pat, uh, Kyle Shanahan really knows. Does he just know how to get guys and just kind of make them happy and and bring them to the team and just work with what he knows, or does he actually know how to look into talent? Because if he's looking at Mac Jones. Nothing against Mac Jones. Mac Jones had probably one of the best statistical quarterback seasons ever last season. But then also again, he's got two. He had two wide receivers, one and uh, and Smith, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy. Number two, Jalen Waddle, who's probably going to be a top, he should be a top ten first round pick. So you have two wide receivers who were burners who just beat everybody just because just a talent disparity. So you're going to have two wide receivers who's just going to make your quarterback look even that much better. And so is Mac Jones really going to be that answer? I don't know. Um, Like I said, I would take Justin Fields, who has a little bit more, who's been proven a little bit more with his two years, uh, two seasons with the Ohio State University. I think that's a more safer pick. Um, But I'm definitely just scratching my head with the 49ers. I think they're probably the most toughest division in football with it being the NFC West where you got the Seattle Seahawks who somehow just always figure out how to get into the playoffs. You got the LA Rams who I feel like just got better with um, Matt Stafford being who's now their starting quarterback. I think that's that's going to be a huge plus. Um, and then you also have the Arizona Cardinals 
they started out the season last year really, coming out the blocks really, really hot. Um, and injuries kind of led up to them. Kyler Murray got banged up a little bit towards the, the latter part of the season. Um, but they picked up A.J. Green this year. Um, so they probably have the by far the best, one of the deepest wide receiver uh, trios in, in, in the game of football with Larry Fitzgerald, um, DeAndre Hopkins, and then now also you're bringing A.J. Green. Um, but then again, A.J. Green's one one uh, whisper away from a from turf toe or something like that and being out for the season. So um, if A.J. Green could stay healthy, then you got that. So the 49ers gave up the farm, so they better expect. I I want to see Super Bowl. They got to they gotta win the Super Bowl. Other than that, this is going to go down as a huge epic fail, and they're going to have a lot of questions that they're going to have to answer. So uh, that that's that's taking place. The NFL draft is coming up uh, sometime in April. Um, so, and it's going to be in Cleveland. Uh, looks like they're going to have some form of fans at some, at some type of capacity. I, I know it's not a hundred percent, but it looks like the, uh, the city of Cleveland is going to be able to, uh, enjoy, um, some, some NFL draft, uh, festivities out there in that city as well. So it looks like things are, you know, sporting events are starting to come back to a norm and, you know, it looks like, you know, with the MLB major league baseball, that's coming back this weekend. I don't know. I, I I felt like last year, even with no fans, I was really entertained with baseball. Baseball, I think, played a 60-game season. It was a sprint. They started in the middle. They started in the middle of summer. I think it was like June or July um, when they started their season. But I, I kind of enjoyed baseball last year. And I know they had some quirky world rules where they added an additional team in the playoffs. They also added um, some extra, extra inning rules where um, – they automatically had a second base or second base runner um, or a runner at second base was already there. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, the L.A. Dodgers ended up winning. Um, but opening day is this Thursday, April 1st. And it looks like they're going to be playing a full 162 game season. Um, it looks like some st- some games are going to have some form of fans. I know the Texas Rangers apparently on opening day, they're going to go uh, butts to cheeks like it's going to be 100 percent capacity. Um, at least for the first game. So I don't know how that's going to look, but I mean, that's what they want to do. And we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But the Rangers will be at full capacity on opening day. They say it's just for opening day, but I don't know how you can <coughs> allow 100% capacity on your first game and then reduce it back, scale it back afterwards. Um, I know they had a brand new stadium that they wanted to unveil, <gasps> excuse me, that they wanted to unveil last year but we're able to do that due, due to COVID. Side note, I went to that stadium last year because uh, I got to go to a World Series game. It's a great baseball park. Very, very nice, state-of-the-art. Um, the, I, I can see why they want to show that brand-new spanking building off because that thing is tight. Um, it's dope. So I, I, I get it, but, I mean, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. Um, so you got the Dodgers repeating um, by far who probably have the best pitching staff um, out there. With David Price coming back, um, you still got Clayton Kershaw. Um, you you know you got a lot of good pitchers. Um, then you also still got Mookie Betts out there. Um, so they're practically bringing back a lot of players, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'm also interested to see how the New York Yankees are going to be looking like, um, being the fact that they let they didn't resign Tanaka, their ace pitcher. They didn't keep him. Um, so I, I don't know what their pitching staff's looking like. You also had a huge free agent, probably the end of the reigning and the reigning NL Cy Young winner, Trevor Bauer. He also signed with the Dodgers. So you probably have by far the deepest, best starting 
rotation, pitching rotation, I should say, in baseball with those guys. So um, you also have Walker Bueller, Walker Bueller out there. Um, so, eh, I don't know. So, you know, my beloved Giants, I don't expect them to do be doing too much this year. I think they're still in that rebuilding stage um, that, you know, any any beloved baseball fan dreads to see. Um, but it's just part of the game. So, you know, I don't know what my beloved Giants are going to do. You know, the town business, Oakland, Oakland A's. Man, I always tell people, man, I can't name four people that play on the Oakland A's. I really can't. So, um, you know, one thing that I'm looking out for this year uh, for my Giants is, does are the Giants finally going to move away from Buster Posey, who's probably the last piece from that championship run that they had in the 2010s where they won three World Series, I think, in that decade? Uh, 10, 12, and 14, I think, is when they won those three World Series rings, and Buster Posey was like the cornerstone. So is it time for them to move on from Buster Posey and start focusing on younger talent? That's something to look out for. Um, I'm also interested in seeing what the San Diego Padres are going to be doing. I think that team with Fernando Tatis Jr., um, they ended up getting you Darvish this year. Um, I, I, I want to see what they're in the, what they're going to do. Um, it's going to be, you know, you'll still also have, you know, Manny Machado out there. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, it's almost time to put up a shut up with, with the San Diego Padres. Um, I think with Blake Snell being out there, um, we, you know, a lot of people still think what ended up happening last year at the World Series. You know, I think you got to you got to run Blake Snell down to the ground and just keep pushing and, and play it out. Because, you know, pulling him like that, I, I don't know if that was the right decision, but. Hey, it happened, but he's now with the with the uh, Padres. So, you know, you got to look at. I'm looking at the Padres as possibly another team that's going to be making some noise. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, baseball's coming back this week. I'm really, really excited to see it. Like, I, I'm I'm happy that baseball's back. Um, hopefully, I get to catch a couple of games and check that out. So, um, I want to see how Shohei Otani also does this. That he's coming for the Los Angeles Angels. I want to see how he does coming back from that Tommy John surgery. Is he going to be a true two-way player as far as being a pitcher as well as a DH? So that's going to be really, really interesting to see. Um, I'd like to see how that plays out because, you know, I'm all for uh, quirkiness of baseball. And that's definitely one of the quirks of baseball to see someone like that who can throw eight, you know, 90 to 100 miles per hour. On, on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday, he's slapping two home runs or a double or, you know, getting his team you know, you helping his team win as much as he can. So, you know, if he can keep his ERA, you know, anywhere under a three five and still bat around, you know, a, a, a two not two ninety something like that. That's that's a that's an all around baseball player right there. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. So, that's what we got that's going on this week during the sports business podcast that's available on all platforms. You know, we got on Google, we got on Spotify, we got on Stitcher, we got on Apple. You know, just Google us. That's S P R T Z B I Z N E S S. You can also find us on the Sports Business website. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S dot com. You can also email the show, S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail dot com with any comments and concerns that you got. Before we dig about, dip on out, out of here, uh, before we boogie on out of here, I should say, um, you know, we always got to do the big dummy of the day. Man, I've lived in this state. So I was in the Army for 10 years. I probably was in this state for a solid four out of my 10 years in my career. Um, it was actually my first duty, first and third duty station. So I'm familiar with this state very, very well. And that state is the state of Georgia. 
And I believe it was on Friday, late Friday, Georgia Republican Governor Brian Kemp signed in private the most restrictive voter suppression bill um, into law, where it added no voter ID, new, there's new voter ID requirements. It limits the mail ballot drop off boxes. It also rejects ballots that um, that were casted wrong in the wrong, that were casted, reject ballots casted in the wrong precinct. It is now currently a crime to hand out food or water to voters while waiting in line at polling places. Since the election, Republic, uh, Republican state lawmakers have introduced over 250 bills in over 43 states to limit voter access. And Georgia was the first one to do it. Not only to mention the, the governor of Georgia, when he signed the, uh, this new uh, uh, bill, voting bill, it was in front of a plantation slave owner's painting with a whole bunch of Anglo-Americans um, that were all stooged around him. There was also a black um, or African-American female um, state states, a state assembly person that was knocking on the door to let him know, hey, this, this is a, if you want to sign this bill, you should sign this in public. And the lovely young lady got arrested. Um, yeah, the state of Georgia. Don't y'all got something named, don't y'all got a huge high profile case in Ama Aubrey that's going on right now? Um, where, where two wannabe cops just sat there and gunned down a, a, a young kid. Don't, shouldn't y'all be worried about that right now? Um, Brian, Governor Kemp, didn't you yourself, lowest of low keys, rig your own election so that you beat out Stacey Abrams to get be in the governor seat because you actually were able to be able to place the polling polling places in the state of Georgia so the fact that you the state of Georgia again has now turned into the 21st century version of Jim Crow where you can no longer hand food or water but you can stand outside with an armed assault rifle an armed weapon and cast your ballot there what what does this make sense at if I want to give some people soda water, holy water, uh, 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 um, sparkling water, if people want some some bubbly, they want some crystal geyser, they want some doggone Kirkland, they want some great value water, I'm going to give it to them. If I'm standing in line, if I see an elder young a elder lady who's who's been standing in line for a couple hours to practice her First Amendment, are you going to arrest me for handing that lovely young lady some water? I mean, come on now. Um, it's, it's, this just shows you that we as a society have so much more work to do to make sure that everyone is a winner in this country, that we're supposed to be the land of the free. Um, but if you look at me and you look at just the perfect example of last year during this pandemic, the land of the free ain't really been free. You know, you look at all these fortune 500 companies that basically came out on a profit when the little man have lost their jobs and lost their their lives, their their family, lost benefits during a freaking in the middle of a pandemic, uh, and then you hear sad things such as the state of Georgia just pulling off one of the most craziest heists ever. It's just extremely sad. Um, I'm sad to say that I actually lived in the state. I'm actually kind of ashamed to say that I probably even lived in the state at this point because it was also the state of Georgia who was like the first state that kind of reopened up right in what if the world shut down during the COVID-19 cases in March they were like the first state to open back up in April um so I don't know really 
how else to say this, but this is literally 21st century Jim Crow. Uh, every one of those individuals ought to be ashamed of themselves that they could, they didn't even have the intestinal fortitude to sign that bill in public. Um, but also that just shows you that cowards will always do things behind closed doors and don't have the intestinal fortitude to look people in the eye and know that they're doing something that's wrong and they can't even look them in the eye. So um, the state of Georgia, you are on my mind. And the people that are out there still trying to make change, don't let this deter you. This is just a um, a fast one that the folks are trying to pull, but don't deter you from saying that this is why you don't vote. This is why you need to keep voting. And this is why you got to keep voting to get clowns like these people out of office. Because if not, this is just gonna keep trickling down over and over and over again. So yeah, the state of Georgia, um, Governor Kemp it definitely gets the big gummy of the day. Um, you know, I hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. Um, we talked a little bit of basketball. We talked a little bit about the 49ers giving up their whole doggone farm because, you know, they think that Mac Jones is the, the future. We got baseball coming back this week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited. I'm excited. Like, we got NFL draft coming up next month. We got playoffs, NBA playoffs about to come in the swing around May. So this is a good time. It's a time, a great time to be alive if you're a sports fan. So once again, my name is Eric Compton, Mr. Town Business. You can find me on the Instagram at Money Compton. Other than that, I'm out. We're going to run this back next week. And if y'all ain't seen Shaft, man, y'all, y'all need to check it out. It's a corny movie, but it's kind of funny. So check it out because it's better than March Madness. Other than that, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs>